0: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 542. My name is Eric Nelson. And with me today, I have my co-host, Matt Mungus. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: Eric, I am well. Another round of snow here is imminent for this evening into tomorrow and through the weekend in central Pennsylvania. I've managed to hold my legal Zoom proceedings without looking like a cat, And maybe most importantly, tomorrow is our uh, announcements for the next round of V-Experts. So everything well is here to be expected. How are you, sir? How are things out on the West Coast? And what's the color of the
0: bay? Ah, everything is going here nice in the West Coast. beautiful. I know that the mid-Central America and uh, Eastern Seaboard is getting clobbered with cold weather and snow. My son's in Chicago. It's negative one. So I feel bad for you guys. Um, But for here in California, it's beautiful. It's beautiful weather. uh, Nice, sunny. Uh, It is... uh, you know 65 68 degrees beautiful so color of the bay is just a nice clear green today right uh, still a little bit winter but sunny and nice so can't go wrong with the weather feel bad for you guys that are out there shivering um, i'm sure we'll get some another one or two storms in here as well on the show today we're going to be talking to mark hubert uh mark uh, is a vcdx uh, he's i think vcdx 181 181 uh, so mark welcome to the show uh, we'll get to you in a second but before we do that we'll do a little bit of the news we're going to be talking with Mark about uh, his home lab environment he's got one of the the coolest bad, anyway, lab in the world. Uh, we love his lab. Uh, he's put together a new machine, a monster machine, uh, and he put it in an Apple case, uh, one of the old G5 Apple cases, I think. Uh, and believe it or not, I did the very same thing. So I'm super excited to talk to Mark about his machine because I scrapped one of my my G5s and ripped it apart and put a, a, a seven core in x86 in there. And uh, he's done something even better. Plus, he's got... a crazy fast network at home. So we're going to talk to him all about what he's got at home, how he's building out his lab. And uh, that should be a fun, should be a fun show today. But before we do that, we got Corey Romero uh, on, on hold here. I see he's unmuted himself. So Corey Romero, I know the experts are coming. Are you guys exciting? Uh, I was excited. I hear you guys are announcing shortly.
2: Yes. Yes. The announcement is tomorrow morning. Um, uh, it's going to be 9 a.m. Uh, Mountain time, which is 8 a.m. Pacific. Um, yeah, so we are announcing uh, just uh, under 2,100 v Experts, uh tomorrow morning. I am very, very excited. Um, I also had a meeting with all the subprogram managers this morning. Um, so we're launching two new subprograms as well as continuing the subprograms that we have now and growing them. Um, just uh, the participation as far as blog posts just out of the subprograms was just under 500 blog posts out of the sub-programs, which is huge, right? So there is so much value in these programs, in the in the vExpert program, um, that, you, know, you you Mark, you're in it as well, right? You know, you're yes, a v Expert, of course. <laughs> right, the, the value is huge. So uh, I'm very, very excited. Uh, it's been a lot of work, and uh, we're
0: going to kick off the program uh, tomorrow morning nice nice well i'm excited for that and excited for everybody and hopefully this year you know we're starting to come back to normal i feel a little bit at least i have some Uh, people I know that have had COVID-19 and have gotten through it. So that's good. They'll be able to start their life normally because once you have it and get through it, I think you can go out in the world and uh, experience the world without worrying about it. And then I have some friends because I'm a little bit older and I have some friends in healthcare and have some kids in education that have also gotten uh, the vaccine in the last, I think, week and a half. So it's running through America now, right? Uh, Slowly but surely. So I'm thinking maybe in, a, in another month and a half, two months, uh, you know, there will be more and more people that can get out and uh, maybe Corey, uh, I'll come up and uh, say hello and visit you in person because uh, that'd be cool. great. I'd love it. Yeah. Missed a couple couple in person meetings when you've been in town because you know we have uh, COVID co- right. COVID psychosis. Uh, we don't see anybody <laughs> or meet anyone. Um, because you know we're just afraid of everything nowadays. But right. hopefully things will come back to normal. So I'm excited about that. But in the meantime, it is 2021. It's weird to say that, but it is true. It is 2021. Uh, VMware started its new fiscal year uh, in February. So we are now into 2021 budget and with 2021 budget and lots of things. Uh, we have some money to play and do fun things. So, And we thought we would uh, talk to Mark about what he's been doing in his home lab. So Mark Hubert, VCDX1 Thanks for the uh, coming on the show. Why don't we always start with, like, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what is your career journey look like as, as, a, as a, a geeky guy, and uh, where do you work now, and what do you do?
3: Thanks. Uh, yeah, my name is Mark Huppert. I'm a principal architect at computer center here in Germany. So uh, for, on my side, it is 9 p.m. in the evening, and there's a lot of snow on my house, and it's pretty cold outside right now. And uh, yeah, actually at this time in one year at uh, lockdown and working in the uh, home office. As you can see here, this is my man cave uh, where I'm sitting here. Um, yeah, um, I'm doing the, the VMware stuff nearly since uh, 20 years. I'm a VCDX, I'm a VCI and Vexpert since several years. And I love the the community and the, the work between the guys. And And I've always loved to attend VMworld I, I think I'm the only guy on the planet who attended all VM worlds and um, was really, really sad when, yeah, there was no real VM world last year and especially this year, so hoping for uh, VMworld 2022 for a real um, uh, convention.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I know, Matt, you're in the same boat. I think we're all in the same boat of, uh, I just, I I literally think in January, I thought I was starting to go crazy, right? You know, because I I couldn't motivate myself. You know, I have these projects laying around, you know, that I want to do for my own home environment. And uh, I managed to come upstairs and set up kind of a backdrop with my video games and started to, but it's really hard to inspire yourself when you've been in the same home for an entire year, kind of you'd in the first four months or five months, I did all my fun projects, the things I kind of want to do and clean things up, but threw stuff away and bought yeah. new stuff. But then it's like, okay, it's a whole nother year. I need to do another round of this, I guess, right? Like, a so um, so Mark, uh, you do have one of the coolest uh, home lab environments we've heard, or at least we've, we've talked to you before about this. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you've got and then uh, we'll get into
3: building that new machine that you built. Yeah, the the my, my home lab journey. Uh, I think it started uh, 15 years ago uh, when I decided to to create my own environment and invest in my own stuff and yeah, um, playing and tweaking with all the VMware uh, stuff on it. Yeah, and uh, right now I think uh, yeah, no one on the world is more crazy than me about the the home lab. I'm running three different data centers uh, at my house, two at my basement, one in the garage. So three. Geolocations locations where all the vms are replicating using srm i have uh, running right now nine different uh, vsan clusters yeah and uh, all this kind of stuff and my newest project was to invest into a, a really really high speed network so i decided to upgrade my data center network to a hundred gigabit ethernet which is absolutely amazing and the uh, The workstation that we're we're gonna talk in a few minutes uh, is uh, attached with 40 gigabits directly to this backbone. So my workstation that I'm sitting right here um, is talking with 40 gigabits. My NAS system is attached with 40 gigabits and all my ESX or or nearly all my ESXi servers are attached with 100 gigabits. The vMotion speed is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, maybe the next steps would be to invest into Intel Obtain for vSAN and all this kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt, I'll let you go if you have a question. So, Mark,
1: how did it start? Let's Before we, we dive all into to all the details, you said it started about 15 years ago. So what was the need? Was it something that you just found as it was a passion, a hobby? Was it something that you wanted to maybe do certifications or just felt a need to have a, a test environment for some of the things that you're working on at the office. How did you get started and how did it sprawl
3: to, to what it is today? Yeah, it it, it, also, it all started with a custom machine with an old IBM surf rate controller attached to it. Uh, the, the reasons, yeah, passion, hobby, and especially certification so to get trained, to get more hands-on, aside away from customer environments, and yeah, to to even get hands-on with your own equipment. And I have several, I had several colleagues and customers who told me that's never going to work. The, you you can't really get it done. And and I always try to figure out and try, always try to to max out the environment and it it worked very well so my first machine was a custom built um a mini itx system the next one was an uh, an hp micro server and then yeah it it goes a little bit out of control <laughs> so getting getting two 40 u racks in in the the basement right behind me uh 125 uh rack um at the other basement and a small rack in the in the garage yeah, it has is, it, it is evolved over the time, but yeah, as you know, when, when tweaking all this, this VMware stuff and connecting it, interconnecting it, so it all starts with vSphere and then vSAN, NSX, Verni, VROPS, VRA, and they, all this kind of stuff. And I really, really like the VeloCloud solution now called the NSX SD Van. At my home here, I have three wired internet connections and one LTE connection, all managed by two Velocloud boxes. So um, sometimes my, my kids and my wife tell to their friends, we always have internet at our home. Always. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it's really nice to to yeah, show customers and pre-sales engagements or sometimes when I'm doing official VMware trainings showing my environment when when students or customers have questions how to, for example, interact with Verni to see the VeloCloud solution and post it back into VROps and then see the login site infos on it. Yeah, it's 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 nearly I can show every single solution running in my my lab. It is passion, it is hobby, it is work. And my home lab it was a huge invest in time and money and, and all this kind of stuff. But without this home lab, I wouldn't be here. It was my invest into my career, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I know definitely when I started uh I bought uh, a 286, um, I think, 8 gigahertz machine, right? And, I, and my wife was like, why are, you, why are you doing this? It was a tower. And then I bought SCO Unix, right, which cost like another $800 back in like 1985 or whenever it was, or 86, when I was uh, out of college and I was in a job at IBM, but I wanted to do more tech stuff and uh, never really had a machine with root password. So I think I've told the story before. I feel like I'm an old man telling the same story again, but it is that Kind of passion, and your my wife at the time, you know, she's like, because we're newlyweds, right? And and she's like, you're spending like two thousand dollars on software and hardware, you know, and you don't even have, that's not even your job, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I I want it to be my job, right? Like I I think I'm gonna be, you know, I like administration, I like boxes, I like programming, and uh, I, I have a, a computer science and marketing degree, and at the time I was working in program management, and I was like, I really want to just go be an administrator somewhere, and the only way I'm going to get to be an administrator if I have Unix and I have the ability to learn it, and eventually I did, I, and I went, and I, I got that box, and I worked for a year just using that box while I have my day job and then uh, put my resume together and went and got a SCO Unix, you know, admin job, right? It just as an IT job and that's where I started in IT and I kind of have been around there ever since. So it is this thing, I want to know what your power bill is, right? Then now, do you <laughs> actually frame this and go, look, this is my hobby. I'm going to spend $500 a month on my hobby and one a part of that expense is 2 or 300 dollars worth of power to just to operate the stuff day after day. That was that's one comment I have.
3: Yeah, it is the the whole environment or let's call it my my entire house the power bill is 24,000 kilowatt hours per year. So okay. I'm, I'm actually I'm paying over 800 euros per month for uh yeah, for right. gas, water and and power. Um okay. The, the entire home lab is not running all the time, then if I would power everything on, I think it would be 50 or 60 thousand kilowatt hours. So I have my main cluster running um, uh, at each location, one cluster replicating all the stuff, and I'm uh, also replicating into the cloud. So yeah, th- this is uh, a, a huge um, uh, option for for uh, the money. So the the power option, but also you have to hardware reinvests. You have to, to do newer things, especially now the, the 100 gig version is, is really expensive getting there. But uh, yeah, I, I always wanted to be one step before the customer to test stuff, sometimes on a hardware side and especially on a software side.
0: So, uh, another question I have in this space is like, when I worked at Sun Microsystems, they had a thing called Clean Sweep uh clean sweep was this concept that at the end of whatever month you could take all your old gear and put it at the bottom of the stairwell and they would come and clean it up and you know and get rid of it and so one of the questions for you is what do you do with all your old gear because you know you have this refresh cycle every couple years or so uh how do you handle throwing away stuff that you spent money on
3: yeah, most of my stuff when, I, when I'm doing any kind of recycling, most of the stuff I'm going to give to my colleagues, to people mm. who are new to the technology, like to do more, any kind of hands-on, who, uh, guys who in investing and, and starting home labs. This is where I'm giving my, my, my old equipment to them. So they're going to reuse it. Um, some of my equipment is uh, recycled equipment from uh, customer sites, where customers told me, hey, we know you have a huge home lab. Maybe you could use these eight gigabit fiber channel adapters or switches or something like that. And I said, yes, thank you very much. And I'm testing with it and I'm using it, You yeah, let's say one year, two years. And then I'm giving it yeah, to, to colleagues, to friends who always try to uh, invest in their home labs to make it a little bit cheaper for them.
1: And Mark, where do you find most of your equipment? I mean, where, as you're making those, you know, next upgrades, are, are you speaking with customers? Are you looking on used auction sites? How, how do you acquire that
3: that next round of refreshes? The, most of the equipment comes, uh, to be honest, from eBay. So uh, I'm based in in Germany, and uh, sometimes there the equipment is. It, cheap to get on uh, eBay Germany side, sometimes on the UK side or Ireland side. And uh, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, when invested into Fusion IO cards, I uh, got them from eBay Australia to get them very cheap. So uh, I'm always looking at the different auctions and uh, yeah. And sometimes customers, uh, they when, when they try to recycle their environment, uh, yeah, I'm lucky enough to get some of the, these hardware.
1: And where did you find your, your GPUs at? We've talked about your <laughs> GPUs for, for coming to, to, yeah, to they, some of these new solutions. So where did they get sourced from, sir? The,
3: the, the GPUs, most of them comes uh, from uh, within my company. So we're a huge uh, NVIDIA uh, partner and I'm part of the uh, NGCA, the NVIDIA vGPU community advisor program. Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah i'd I'd always like to have um access to new hardware and test it and yeah i have a lot of uh, colleagues and friends within my company who made it possible to play with the newest uh stuff and for example uh in my workstation here there are two nvidia rtx 8000 gpus connected with the NVLink, so a hundred gigabit uh, um, per second connection between the GPUs, and it's it's absolutely amazing to see this power. And uh, yeah, this is uh, where where most of the stuff comes from.
1: I want to circle back to the GPUs in a little bit, but we've talked about let you know the base infrastructure, right, and and how it's sourced and where we started out. What do you do for licensing? How, how do you license all of this up? And <laughs> and how do you in the the more minutia? of some of these things that you want to test that might not be out there for things like vExpert? How, how do you go about finding necessary licensing to do the testing?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, direct contact with uh, our VMware partner manager, for example, and asking always asking for new NFRs uh, uh, licensing and all this stuff and it. Sometimes it's hard to, to get uh, these licenses, for example, Bitfusion I was not able to get any, any Bitfusion NFR license, uh, for example, or the, uh, um, what was it last? The the Verni extension, we have Verni Enterprise, but there are no Verni extensions for VeloCloud. So I contacted um, the, the guys uh, behind Verni and said, hey, I'd like to test it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've got an evil keys there to get to get it working for customer environments, and sometimes it's hard to get the uh, licensing part. But uh, working for a, for a huge partner in Germany makes it a little bit uh, more easier to get uh, NFR licenses for for testing. And for all the other guys, I always um, yeah suggest the v advantage Advantage uh, option to get licenses. There's this a uh, pretty pretty uh, nice option there. A great place to start.
1: And, and nice. even above and of that, of someone that has such an expansive uh, setup with all of the different BU's, it does always start with the ask, right? Yes. So all of those keys that are out there that, that you have access to and whatnot, it starts with the ask. So good for you and, and great to hear that, that there's the responsiveness there with the, the partner community.
3: Yeah, and, and uh, especially when when I started my certification path to VCDX to become a better architect, there are doors within VMware that's opened, and I've access to the different BU's um, and and talk to the people. And uh, yeah, when you're doing this for twenty years, and uh, yeah, you created and evolved your your lab. I think uh, many guys at VMware knows uh, me and my website and the the lab itself. And it's sometimes easier to get licenses, for example. Yeah. Or play with uh, new versions, betas or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we so, talked um,
1: about the infrastructure and we talked about the licensing. So to Eric's point, what is the need or what brought about um, the need to build out this Crazy new high-end machine,
3: the end desktop workstation. Yeah, the the I, I was using my my um, Apple Mac Pro, the 2013 uh, version, the the trash can uh, for several years. It, it worked fine. I, I changed the CPU. I maxed out the memory, and I even swapped out the SSD and installed a a special version to to just insert three NVMe devices, which was great. But yeah, over the years, especially the GPU becomes more and more the problem because in the trash can, you can't really change it. I don't want to go the the eGPU way. So one option would be to buy the new Mac Pro, and I configure it on the website, and I really like to get Nvidia GPUs into it. And then the problem starts. So Apple and Nvidia, they're not really friends, Behind the scene, um, it, it's kind of hard to get NVIDIA GPUs into macOS. So I decided to go back from macOS to a Windows machine and try to, yeah, build my own um, machine. Why I choose this case? Because I, I got two of them uh, running in my my or sitting in my garage, the G5s, and I said these those are beautiful cases, and I really love them swapping them to AT to an ATX format um, is kind of hard because they are normally operating um, um, upside down the g5 so I I ripped everything sorry and uh, they ripped every I ripped everything out of the case and I and I'm trying to yeah find the best way to put ATX components uh, inside so I I completely swapped out the g5 turn it around, so upside down, and then I cut it a hole, a a huge um, hole inside to to do the the water cooling, the radiator inside. So, and then, yeah, ideas started and then I've always drawings, um, what what I like to do. And then, yeah, I I was looking for the internals. Um, I wanted to have a CPU that has enough cores, but especially with a, with a high tuning option. So with, I just wanted to go from a minimum of three gigahertz, and then I found this 10 core 3.7 gigahertz uh, Intel CPU with 48 uh, PCI Express lanes. And I said, uh, my thoughts were, okay, this is going to be my next workstation CPU. Uh, they They support D- DDR5 ECC memory, which I was also using inside my data centers. So yeah, I decided to go with an, with an ASUS board, main board uh, that supports ECC memory and this uh, special Intel CPU. Yeah, and then the next thoughts comes in. So the GPU part, okay, double RTX 8000. This beast has 9,000, over 9,000 cores of CUDA cores inside the GPU. And each GPU has 48 gigabytes of dedicated DDR memory on the GPU. So, a special bridge between these GPUs has access to 96 gigabytes of dedicated video memory, which is absolutely amazing. And then comes the next part okay, the the different PCI Express lanes. The first GPU needs 16 lanes, the second GPU needs 60 lanes. Okay, 32 lanes are gone. My CPU has 48 dedicated lanes. The next thing is storage. Um, The mainboard itself has two M2 slots, but when placing two NVMe's inside running on RAID 0, you got this performance bottleneck, the DMI, the direct memory interface uh, problem, where both NVMe's are fighting on the motherboard to get lanes. And I don't want to get into this trouble, so I decided to go... On the ASUS website and check for any kind of M2 special board solution, and there is one called the Hyper M2 card. This card has four different M2 slots. You can equip them with with full NVMe, which I did. Placed it in the server, or placed it in the in the workstation. Another sixteen lanes gone, so all the forty-eight lanes are gone. So, so, so the entire bus is filled up. Yes, the entire bus is filled up, but PCI Express slots are still available in the machine. And then comes the network side. The board itself has only two one gig connections. Come on, two one gig on this giant workstation? No way. So I, I was really looking for 40 gig uh, because at this time when creating the workstation, my backbone network was 40 gig using uh, my, my Dell network switch. Um, yeah, and decided to go to 40 gigs. So Cabling, the next problem. When doing 40 gig on a workstation inside an office, you had to do the special cabling. I don't want to have five meters deck cables or something like that. I need 20 meters of cable. So I need to go to the optic version. So I found on eBay two cheap Cisco Jibbix, 40 gig QSFP Jibbix. And I tested it with Melanox card, a Connect X3 card. It worked inside the workstation, so I could install Windows, it worked, but the Jibbik itself doesn't get recognized. And then finding all the information, tweaking the driver and all this kind of stuff, I couldn't get it work. And then I found the, the, the issue behind it. The card itself doesn't have enough power to support this gibbic. The gibbic itself doesn't get enough power from the Mellanox card. So next option. A better, a better Mellanox card. Mellanox is now NVIDIA networking, so my NVIDIA family. So talking to the NVIDIA guys, is it possible and what card can I use? And they recommend the Connect X4 uh, card. LX is a single port card supporting an X8 slot, PCI Express uh, X8. So decided to go that way. I found one, a cheap one uh, directly sold from Mellanox, um uh, Israel on uh, uh, the eBay website. So I purchased it and uh, shipping and custom uh, and all this kind of stuff. I received it. I plugged in the jibic. Okay. It worked. I have seen one red light on the line. Okay. I plugged it in. I booted up the machine and Windows doesn't recognize the card. What's going on here? What's wrong? The problem was I was running out of PC Express lanes. So the next option would be from the aces card with the four dedicated nvme uh, m2 slots removing all of them replacing the four 512 gigabyte nvme devices from uh, samsung with two two terabyte nvmes from intel so and then you get a little expensive yeah they, they were not that much expensive uh, again ebay is your friend so uh then I decided to go to uh, the the mainboard itself. Supports the Intel VROC chip that you could do this uh, rate within the CPU. And decide I decided to go on Amazon and find this VROC chip. It's a, just a small chip. that's going to be placed on the mainboard, and then this one activates the CPU rate functions. So rate zero on these two and um, two uh, two terabyte devices. So. The first GPU, 16 PC Express lanes, the second GPU, another 16 lanes, and then these two M2 slots, which are eight lanes. So eight lanes are left for the Mellanox network card. And now the beast is going to work. <laughs> That's but crazy. it's a,
1: only a single port for 40 gig, right? So if you wanted to do LAP or LCAP, if the next yeah. step up.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is. It, yeah, the next steps within my head is gonna be a hundred gig, but then I need to to swap uh, the mainboard, the CPU to replace it with a CPU with sixty four PC Express lanes, for example. And uh, I love the Intel as uh, um, solution and the Intel environment, so I'm gonna stick with Intel CPUs. So maybe I'm gonna swap out this uh, in in the in the future. Uh, two days before Christmas, my power supply died. It was a a Corsair 1,200 watts power supply, which was maxed out when I'm starting a game. The the displays that I'm sitting in front here are two Dell 27 inch 5K displays. So dual 5K. And then when I started, started a game on 5K, I maxed out the PSU. So it, it, it totally crashed. So two days before Christmas, my high performance machine went offline because, yeah, it, it is uh, totally maxed out. Um, it was nearly impossible to get a replacement at two days before Christmas. So um, and yeah, in the beginning this year, I ordered uh, the, the biggest PSU for, for a normal personal computer you can get. 1600 uh, watt PSU Um, on the positive side. It is nearly silent on the negative side. It was really expensive. So just for a PSU 500 euros. Yeah, it was uh, really, really expensive. So what what are the, the, for example, the the next steps? I just wanted to, to make this workstation nearly unhearable. So totally silent. I go to the water-cooled CPU solution. The GPUs are not modified, they are air-cooled. So in, within the G5 case, uh, with all the, the little holes inside, it is absolutely no problem to place a fan on the front and one on the back and to get fresh air through through this case. So this is absolutely perfect. Uh, all the GPUs are running fine, and I'm checking just checking here 32 uh, degrees Celsius the GPUs, and uh, four, 24 degrees the CPU, so they're running totally fine. Yeah, my my next steps would be maybe to go to 100 gig uh, within the system, but then I need to yeah, as I already told, swap out the entire thing. Um, maybe the next option is one or two 8K displays. I know there's only One manufacturer worldwide is going to perform 8K PC um, uh, monitors. That is Dell um, 32, 8K. My GPUs are powerful enough for two of them, but they are absolutely amazingly expensive. So this is maybe one of the next steps. And this is here my my normal workstation. I have uh, a studio microphone running here and I have a Logitech 4K webcam sitting uh, on top of it. Yeah, um, I have a list of hardware that I'm, that I'm using. Yes, of course, uh, I've written a dedicated blog post uh, about all this kind of stuff that is placed into this uh, yeah, high-performance workstation. And what I'm gonna do with this workstation There are not running any kind of VM on it because I have three dedicated data centers where all the VMs are running. So sometimes I'm starting a game. Uh, Most of the time uh, I'm doing uh, remote sessions where I'm not going to need this much of GPU power, uh, this amount of GPU power. But uh, sometimes, especially when doing video encoding or photo editing, uh, it is absolutely amazing what this machine can do. Yeah, so we should just
0: take a second and just mention the URL and I'll put that in chat for people. But it, uh, his, uh, Mark's website is vcdx181.com and he has a home lab section where you you basically take us on a journey with uh, Roman numerals and you're you're at such a high Roman numeral number. I don't even know what XLV actually is, but you actually Roman numeral all your your, your journey through building your lab. And there are like, I don't know, 20 or 30 of these things out there, or maybe (laughs) more. (laughs) because <laughs> I don't know the Roman numerals that high but uh, but we're looking at the home lab dash stage dash XLV dash new dash monster dash workstation just go to his website and go to the lab section and you can actually get uh, all that stuff vcdx181.com and by the way as long as we're talking about this stuff you, got, you have also really good articles on all kinds of uh, VMware topics and uh, data center topics so it's just not your home lab that you're blogging about that your blog has a Lot of great other topics as well. So, everybody that uh, wants to spend a little t- ton time geeking out, go to vcdx181.com and. Uh... To check it out! Uh, great articles and uh, nice diagrams to kind of lay it out. You have pictures pictures of your uh, G5 case. If you guys don't know what the, we're talking about there, uh, I'll, I'll back up a little bit and say that when I when I did my G5 case, I had the exact same problems getting my power supply to fit in the bottom of it because Apple you have to rip out all that uh, you know the old power supplies and everything. I actually got my first Dremel because of that project. I, I never really had a Dremel, but like you have to. I had <laughs> yes. to actually cut out sections of the the case yes. to get my power supply to mount in the bottom and come out the back where I could put a plug in. Uh, so, would, but managed to do that pretty cleanly. That was the only hacky thing I had to do was Dremel out a spot for the power to go in. I managed to get my motherboard slotted up against the the case and mounted. Tried to epoxy mounts in at first. Tried to make that work. Never didn't make that work too well. They 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 snap off because it's it's such a shiny thing. Did you
3: paint yours? I noticed yours is black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you actually. I, I, I created a kind of Frankenstein um, uh, case. It is a mix of two normal PC ATX cases and the Apple G5 case. Um, flipped it over, cut it out for the water cooling radiator, um, right. glued new or bolts inside to, to fit the ATX uh, mainboard tray, for example. And then it took, it took already two days to, to paint it black. I painted four times to, yeah, make, I was it, say, uh, to make it to make them totally black. black. And, it, and it's
0: so shiny, the, the the G5 aluminum case. I wondered if how paint would actually stick to it, right? Like if you actually did yeah. that, whether everything's <laughs> going to peel back off. I also had, uh, I water cooled mine, uh, but my water cool fan was so loud, right? That I was like, I don't know if I even want this, but I did go online buy cheap uh, low. I bought expensive low noise fans and put them in and got it. Got it to the thing where now where it just sits
3: and you don't even know it's on, right? Um, so, yeah. It, it so yeah, same here. Yeah, I can't hear it. Uh, it it is yeah. uh, sitting under the desk here, so I can't right. hear it. Yeah. Put some
0: NVIDIA cards in, same thing, right? So it's funny because I didn't know about this. I went to look up the blog article because what we did was we looked at, uh, we use advocacy.vmware.com and we look at what posts are actually being shared a lot and how much reach they have and how many comments. And this workstation one was one of the top 20, right, uh, posts okay. that got out. Uh, and she got shared. So uh, we got, we should, we should, we should have to bring you in and talk about it. But I hadn't actually looked at their article till like yesterday afternoon when I was like, oh, I got to get ready for the podcast. And I went and looked and I saw the pictures of it and I went, Oh my God, he did the same G five uh, monster hack, uh, which was memories. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But then I also saw that you also took your, um, your later Apple, the, the trash can, and then you racked it and put it in your rack. You have a cool blog article about how you're using that. So you're running vSphere on that. Sounds like you're, you're the G5 project, the monster one we're talking about, you're just running Windows on that, and you're, you're gaming and whatever. But then you also took the old Apple, which I guess is Intel CPUs, put yeah. it in rack and uh, running, running the ESX on it or something on it.
3: Yes, uh, I, I was running uh, ESXI on Apple Mac Minis since several years. Um, uh, In the past, they're they're working just on a normal wooden board. Um, Then I decided to go to this uh, solution from Sonnet, the rack rack mount kit for Mac minis. They have two Mac minis into one new rack unit, which are pretty nice. Uh, They're working pretty well. Um, Absolutely amazing. And then um, several years later, they decided to create a rack mount kit for the trash can. Um, and uh, to get it from there, it is extremely expensive, really, really crazy. And then again, on, on eBay Germany, I found it very, very cheap. Um, I, I didn't pay 200 euros for the rack mount kit, which is absolutely great. And then I decided to, yeah, to rack it up and uh, attached it to the old 10 gigabit Thunderbolt 2 devices, which I was using uh, on macOS. And uh, a little bit a little bit on uh, digging inside, and I found out it is an Intel chipset running in these external boxes connected via Thunderbolt 2. And I decided um, why not test it out with ESXI. So I installed ESXI on the Mac Pro, which is officially supported. It's on the HCL. So it is uh, running on Intel version 2 uh, CPUs. So, um, it it is running totally fine. And then I attached this Thunderbolt port, rebooted ESXi, and ESXi detected two 10 gig ports, which is pretty nice. And the same happened to this uh, really old uh, uh, Thunderbolt fiber channel external device, which I got. So, I used it in the past to do time machine backups via Thunderbolt into my data center. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the funny, th- all right, so this is
0: really quirky because I have a rack in San Jose, me and a buddy rent, right? Just to have some place uh, where they pay for the power and uh, he does stuff and I just get space because I help them admin the racks and stuff and go down there uh, with him, keep him company. So I got space and I have two Mac minis in there doing the same thing, right? Because I didn't buy a special case. I just stick them in a, on, a, on a rack mount and just you know that but then I also for backups all I did was I put a, a you know a, a, an SD drive in right and just use quick the backup of for, for Mac OS to just go dump data from them and I have my SQL databases on them so they end up in nice little servers but when I saw that you did the trash can I was like oh that's
3: that's 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 pretty slick right um, and the, the performance uh, compared yeah. to uh, actual machines is still very fine so yeah. uh, I'm running all my macOS um, um, VMs on it, especially big Sur testing on a on a beta phase and all this kind of stuff. So and uh, and I already created a vSAN cluster uh, within the Mac Pro. The the problem is normally uh, default trash can has only one SSD option in, internally, and you mm-hmm. can find um, a, a special carrier called Enfield Tech. It is um, from a technical perspective, it is a PCIe switch. So it has one connection for the default OEM SSD and right. two additional NVMEs. And you can create your own vSAN. It is just a single node vSAN, but it is vSAN running on Mac Pro, supporting all my Mac OS VMs, including 10 gig connection.
0: So yes. yes so i notice uh you have i am captain vsan if you're not watching the video feeds you can go look and see what mark hubert he- looks like uh on uh youtube slash v barbecue uh we live stream these guys uh, i am captain vsan that's a poster you must got a vm world somewhere or are you actually captain vsan no no no, no, no.
3: It, it is from a, uh it was from a vmware uh, marketing um uh, event in germany they created this flag and uh, after the marketing event, uh, they they yeah asked me. Uh, if I'd like to have this flag, i said yes, 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 please, please, please. And uh, yeah, nearly at every customer video call or VMware call or something like that, they really say, okay, oh, you are Captain Bees. And I no, I'm not, but uh, I really <laughs> like this solution. You know? I know marketing
0: you know, made it up at some point, and I know that I defended it because there were people that want to shut the brand down and were trying to go because I run social. They were like, these guys are on social advertising this non-VMware brand, brand and you have to shut them down i'm like i'm not shutting them down yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna do that you can you can hire somebody else to shut people down i think that's super cool and you know go away right and eventually i think they escalated to other people and eventually they went away but uh, i think so but uh, i always wondered who was actually captain b sam <laughs> So okay, so you're you're working on this uh, good projects. I noticed that then on your blog, there's actually you know the network one. So you did the you did the monster machine, uh, you know, ten core motherboard with a huge network. Uh, then I think you moved into your network fabric. You upgraded your network fabric, and then you upgraded your storage fabric. Uh, what else are you thinking about now? Like, I mean, are you going to take a break? Uh, do you have the next project that you're thinking about? <laughs> I
3: have the 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 latest project. Was uh, uh, the uh, official 100 gig uh, Ethernet project, and this was my uh, 15th uh, uh, blog post about my home lab journey, and it was really, really amazing to see all these uh, these numbers. And for example, um, yesterday the official VMware uh, Twitter account tweeted about my 100 gig home lab, my blog post going through the roof, uh, absolutely. And it is, it is totally crazy to see where all around the world people are clicking on on my blog and read about this hundred gig connection and and many of them text it to me. Okay, what what what's next? Are you going to stop? And said, no. I think personally, I'm never going to stop investing and evaluating my my uh, entire lab. Um, the next thing that I'm uh, w- that I will blogging about is. Uh, the the whole redesign. I did it uh, last week together with my kids. So I completely ripped off data center one completely with both racks and all this recabling and servers replacing and all all this kind of stuff. Um, Especially my uh, um, 11-year-old boy is going to really enjoy it because it. What is this cable for and what this kind of connection? And yeah, he's he's really talking to uh, his uh, friends at school and said, we have a huge data center running at our basement. And I I think he's going to get into it. Slowly, so <laughs> into this home lab stuff, and uh, yeah, my next next blog post is about this uh, redesign, and I'm gonna have to, the all the recabling to not see the the different uh, Cat uh, five cables. Uh, I have uh, dedicated colors now for orange for power, yellow for IPMI connection, black for KVM, blue for uplinks, and all this kind of stuff. So okay. the next thing is uh, the recabling. Then I think I'm going to write a dedicated blog post about the KVM. I installed a new KVM solution to uh, access all the machines. Um, one option through nice. IPMI, the other through uh, KVM. Yeah. I got to stop you for a second because it's just so quirky that you did the G5.
0: You're also running Mac minis. One of the things I did, because I made a home lab for myself, is that I actually routed ducting so that I could capture the heat in the wintertime and then route it down into my garage, which I also turned into an office, but doesn't really have heat. So I can actually, in the winter, flip a, a vent control. Uh, and it also has a heat temperature sensor in it so that when the heat hits a certain, it can then flow that, do you get into heat management?
3: Yes, yes, of course. When, when I bought uh, my house here 10 years ago uh, and we we had this guy who showed the house, um, the house has a dedicated ventilation system for normally the, the basement, the heating room and uh, the wine cellar. It, it is just another room. They, they call it a wine cellar, but uh-huh. both two rooms with dedicated ventilation systems. And uh, my wife asked me, what should we do with these rooms? And I said, well, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and especially the heat. Um, w- when we are finished here, I'm gonna will open the door over there, so then the heat from data center one can go into my office here. And uh, tomorrow I have a warm, uh, yeah, uh, nice uh, office. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: you're yeah so you're going to recable that's your i just had to ask because i just figured that was, some, was one of the things and i i suppose people that are in serious home labs i know back when the university of wisconsin uh i did some work up there and i have friends david parter guys uh they in the old days it was mini computers and they would put mini computers in their basement and that acted as the whole house heater for the for the whole house, because these guys were, you know, big, you know, uh, two forty volt massive machines that were, you know, like closet sized. Uh, so yeah, everybody's still doing that kind of thing. That's really cool. So you're gonna recable, restructure. Um, no any no, any any constraints like uh, things that you wish you had done differently. You know that you had kind of kicking yourself for not
3: thinking about earlier. Yes, um, putting more cables into the garage. So data centers three. Um, this year I'm gonna um, gonna rip off my entire garage and build a, a bigger one uh, with more space. and then um, in the past, I had only two uh, copper connections um, running through the, the house to the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- this is uh, one of my biggest uh, faults. I just had to do do more fiber cables and copper cables yeah yeah
0: I when I when I, I built my house as one of my projects i we tore it to the ground and I built it uh, my dad had run builds buildings, so I know a lot, a lot about building and uh, we built a new house here and uh, I kick myself for not wiring before yeah. drywall went in like a lot more than I thought I was going to need. Right. you run cat five, you run, you think enough, have enough power. Uh, but then when you button it all up, that lasts about three years and you're looking at yourself going, why didn't I just build channels so that I could just pull easily new, new cables because the cables are always upgrading, right? Like you always, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah I, I, I cabled the entire house uh, except, Enough cables in the garage, because uh, ten years ago I had in uh, at, at this time I had one data center running at the old house. Um, I had the option. Okay, now I could go to two data centers running at the house. Yeah, I did not have any thought about a third location. Um, yeah, but it changed over time. So when when I'm gonna recreate my garage, uh, there will be more cables, especially fiber cables, uh, into the garage. <laughs>
1: Mark, dare I ask, what is your physical port count
3: at your house? <laughs> um, uh, I think the port count is nearly 220. Yeah, I think 220 uh, different uh, copper ports, uh, including, including some fiber ports. I think o- overall it must be 250 or 260 uh, ports. Yeah. I, I saw your logical... Uh,
1: design diagram out on vcdx181.com uh, uh, we've referenced before. That reminds me of the, of the old days where we'd get PC Mag and they would have the big, giant, trifold posters that everyone <laughs> would stick on the wall. It's so impressive. I would encourage our listeners to go out there and take a look at the, the complexity of Mark's network.
3: W- you to my, uh, CPU count? Um, I had it in the past. so. Actually, right now I'm I'm running four different v centers, each connected in uh, link mode, and uh, actually I'm running 72 ESXi hosts, and I think nearly over 800 VMs or something like that. Um, it's running around the house, so uh, yeah, it, it's any a kind of a crazy uh, environment. But yeah, to to be honest, for example. Um, when customers uh, start any a POC with, for example, with Realize Operations Manager, they all start with one appliance. I don't start with one. I have five appliances running because two different fault domains, one witness host running at another location. Okay. Why? To show how it works and for myself, um, yeah, self-education, how it's going to be configured. I just want to do it in my house before I'm going to do it at any customer site. Definitely, and that's for all the different uh, VMware solutions. So, uh, and always, uh, and, and also uh, solutions from NVIDIA, from Cohesity, and all the the other vendors around the VMware ecosystem itself.
1: Mark, do you ever see yourself moving this all to a SaaS service? No, no, something like no. You, you still have to have the, the physical hands-on and the, the blink yeah.
3: lights and yeah. It, 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 to to not go. Uh, completely away from, from the machine side. At at customer sides, mainly doing our art- architecting designs and all this more theoretical stuff. And I really like it to make hands-on. On customer sides, I'm not going to do a lot of hands-on. That's that's why I'm, I'm going to do it here. All the recabling, all these these very accurate cabling, the, the different colors for the different options and all this kind of stuff. I, I just like it to make, to, to get hands-on uh, to to the system itself, to the physical machine itself. I already have cloud connections to nearly all uh, public cloud providers uh, for storage for VMs and all kinds of stuff. But I really like it to play with new versions of vSAN and, and uh, yeah, trying to to tweak or get into the system and get everything out of it on my own environment and uh, yeah that's uh, yeah. the reason why i think i'm never gonna gonna place everything on on yeah. a- provider. Matt, I have I have two stories for you in this space, right?
0: Um, one is kind of like a Pat Gelsinger Paul Moritz story uh, to this question, which was like one of them, it might have been Paul Moritz back in the days when cloud was showing up. He's like, look, you know, pretty soon everybody's going to be in the cloud. You know, you, you don't see a lot of people driving horses around and b- buggies. And I think maybe <laughs> Pat has told the story too. And he says, he goes, now, there are still horses. People still love horses and they still ride horses and they still do horses. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's the way owning your own hardware will be too. And I'm like, yep, me, 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 me. That's me. I'm going to be the guy that's still riding horses around because I like horses and I like, and, and uh, but so that's one story, which is, yeah, you know, there's, it's a lot of fun, right. And there's learning and, you know, it'll apply to the cloud. And, uh, but then my second story is, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, steve jobs you know when they were telling him you know you can't make laptops anymore you just have to go you know you want to be out of that business because you know intel's got this business wrapped up and uh, you're never going to own that you're never going to do anything with that business you shouldn't that's all washed up it's all over right you know no one's going to own their own laptops anymore you're going to you're going to use them in a the cloud right like you they basically told him you're not going to ever do your own laptops, steve it's too late because this is when he was coming back into that all right and and <laughs> Yeah, he built the biggest company in the world, right? Um, And so there's still, you know, just because you think something's going to go one way doesn't mean it is going to go that way. So cloud is here, there's no question. But, you know, hardware still runs things, right? So I'm I'm still in that space of, uh, you still need hardware experts, you still need to build this type of stuff, whether it's in the cloud, whether it's in garages, whether it's in local data centers, for other reasons, none of this stuff is really going away and the pendulum will swing back and forth. Right. So that's my, that's my totally
1: do. You. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spoken like cloud a cloud in some platform. ways is a, is an operating mentality, right? Not necessarily a geographic location. That's
0: absolutely true. Yeah. All right. We are at the top of the hour. Uh, any last questions for Mark, Matt, before we uh, let him go, we've been, uh, we've going for, we've been going for like 59 minutes here. So we're in pretty good shape.
1: Mark, we at this. We've talked about the new wave of, of vSphere admins that are that are coming in. That there's the changing of the guard, and we have some new entrances into now operating vSphere day to day. Let's say one of those individuals wants to start out with a home lab. Where would you point them? What what direction? How would you get them
3: started? I would suggest all of them start with the small systems, for example, Intel Nooks or Super Micros or something like that. Really, really nice small machines. They're not consuming so much power, but definitely I recommend all of them. Get your own gear. Play with your own gear. And when when someone is telling you that's never going to work, you can't make it work, don't hear on them. Just do it. Just make it. You can't even... Get deeper into a system when you try to figure out how to get the, the I'm sorry to get the shit working inside your environment, and to really get dig deeping into the the system itself. I have learned so much about internals of vSphere, of uh, um, uh, vSAN, of NSX, especially VeloCloud. I, I had a lot of trainings, a lot of pre-sales engagements about the SD van. To be honest, I never really understood until the point I got the systems running at my own environment without any help. I don't want to get any help. I just want to figure out how it's going to work and start from scratch. And I really suggest everyone start with a Nook, start with the Super Microsystem, check out William Lamb's blog about his, the, the, the home lab environments from uh, other guys. Yeah, um, start small, and maybe in several years you have such a crazy home lab like mine.
0: <laughs> uh, my question to follow up with that is what networking gear do you recommend? Because everybody talks about nukes and getting your, your your vSphere environment up. But then that next step for everybody, and even for me, is how do I build an NSX-T, uh, NSX environment? What, what's, what entry-level switch should I get that's kind of like a nook?
3: yeah it is it is uh, to be honest that's the hardest part uh i'm really fine with uh, the the ubiquity stuff um they have a, a nice ui for for vSphere reasons to create vlan jumbo frames and all this kind of stuff the ui is great but for especially nsx working with ospf bgp and all this kind of stuff it's kind of hard because their gui does not really support it so you have to do it on cli it it, it works but it's, it's kind of hard to get there. Uh, another option is uh, to look at different auctions to get used Cisco or, or uh, Dell or HPE uh, uh, equipment to get starting there. But most of the time, the uh, enterprise equipment is very loud, so very noisy when you start them so we have a lot of people who're going to swap out the default OEM fans, fans and yeah it, yeah with Noctua versions or something like that yeah, yeah to make the the noise level a little bit more comfortable yeah yeah that i would i would recommend that to everybody you can go
0: buy quiet fans for almost every single fan model out there and don't be afraid to take the screws apart take your case out and get quieter fans and all of a sudden, and sometimes because we're not running them in full production environments at home, you can take out half the fans and still be in pretty good shape, right? Because the fanning and these guys are built for like max capacity if you're running somewhere where you're running a lot of load on it. So yes.
3: sometimes power consumption is a, is a real pain in the ass. So for yeah. example, yeah. My, my 40 gig network switch is going to use 230 Watts per hour just yeah. when when operating the my new one the Mellanox one the 100 gig version is going to going to use 86 watts per hour and it, it it's pretty pretty cool and even the fans are running at 10,000 rpm's it is it is okay from a noise level perspective yeah so, one yeah. of my
0: projects for me in 20, in, the, in the next year is to to maybe do a blog, we'll see, maybe I'll just cover it, talk about it, is uh, designing kind of the uh, uh, minimum data center, even lighter than Nooks, maybe it's Raspberry Pi, maybe it's not where you can run this on a single 100 watt solar power, right, you know, with yeah. one, uh, one, one battery, right, you can buy, you can build your own, do, do, do it yourself, uh, lithium thousand mega oh, thousand watt hour battery for like 350 bucks now right and hook it to your solar panel with a controller and then run a really small low watt you know 80 watt environment that has cpu network and storage all running so you could have like a low power cost lab environment that'll run on a on a,
3: a lithium battery that's one of my one of my thoughts funded why not it is absolutely possible i'm i'm running in my garage right now two uh, raspberry pis Running ESXi, including vMotion fault tolerance and all this kind of stuff. So it really works very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not? All right, with that,
0: uh, Mark Hubert, Huber, how do you say last name? Hubert is the P's silent, H-U-P-P-E-R-T?
3: Yes, Hubert, yeah. Yeah,
0: Hubert. Uh, go check out his blog, uh, vcdx181.com, uh, and uh, let us know what you think. In the meantime, thanks a lot for coming on the show. It's been a really fun show. The hours goes by like that. Matt, yeah. also, thanks for joining Great to see you. Um, we will transition to a one-minute V barbecue report. Um, if you follow American football, then, of course, you probably barbecued a little bit this weekend because the Super Bowl happened and uh, we got to watch who is that guy again win yet again. Who knows if you follow him or not. I'm a big Brady fan myself because I don't know. I'm getting old, and so I feel like he's proving that I can still be in the game. The gray hair doesn't matter as much. You know, you just, you're just you as old as you feel, right? And if you feel young, you can keep doing these broadcasts. And completely geeking out. So that was fun. I did do some barbecue this weekend. Thank you for listening to the end of the podcast. Really appreciate it. And for your barbecue report, uh, we made chicken wings. You can buy the the, the orange sauce right in the bottle. Uh, But the trick is when you uh, do your chicken wings, when you bake your chicken wings, uh, do a light dusting of baking powder. Baking powder on the chicken when you bake them will make them crispy when you put the sauce on them. So if you ever have had chicken wings and you wonder how the how the you know restaurants make them super crispy and crunchy, uh, you dust them in baking powder and the baking powder interacts with the sauce and crisps them up and makes them really crispy. So we had some really excellent. Uh, Uh, chicken wings this, 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 this weekend, uh, with, uh, with baking powder. And uh, that's a, that's a secret that we learned. Uh, and that's what I got. And I know Tony Foster has been listening patiently. I don't think he has barbecue, but, uh, Tony, uh, I hope you at least ate some barbecue over the weekend.
2: Uh, I did. I I had chicken wings as well. So yes
0: classic classic there you go uh, I did do a slow barbecue uh, there is another trick out there that we did for the for the weekend which is you take chicken drumsticks um, and we made a ring of uh, charcoal around the entire Kings church for charcoal grill uh, and we put those in and you light one end it's a two charcoal ring that goes on the outside and it's like a snake that goes all the way around i've talked about this before and you put the chicken wings in there and you 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 basically barbecue them for eight hours where you're kind of doing a slow smoke barbecue you dip them in lemon sauce uh, before you put them in and then you take like eight hours they turn out really dry it's almost like doing a chicken jerky right by the time you're done the stuff is like really dry and smoky but it's almost like a chicken jerky on the drumstick so we did that and that turns out really well i'm going to try to uh, make that make that happen so that's your barbecue report eric in germany right now it is 10 p.m you make me hungry now Thank you. Yeah, that's the idea. We started doing this because it is lunchtime. We do this uh, in, at lunchtime here. So at the end of the barbecue, we're like, we're at the end of the show, we're always hungry. And uh, VMware in Palo Alto campus during the summer does barbecue. So mm. we're always like, oh, and after the show, we can go over to the cafeteria and then buy barbecue. So that's, that's where we started. Sorry about that, Mark. You know, go to bed hungry. It'll make <laughs> you live longer. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony. Thank uh, you. Graham, thanks, thanks a lot. Mark. Julia, thanks a lot. Uh, we're back again next week. I think we're going to try to do, there's a new release of vCloud. Uh, vCloud. I don't know what the release is, 8.2 or something. I forgot. We're going to try to have some of the guys come on and talk about the uh, VCF version something that's uh, that's out. Going to talk about some of the new features that are out.
3: 4.2. Cool.
0: Yep. <laughs> 4.2. That's right. I want to say 8.4 or 4.2. Yeah, that's right. We're going to try to have some of the guys come in to talk about 4.2, the cloud. And then we got, I think four or five other shows scheduled. So we should be pretty busy coming into the new year until then have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll be back again next week. Talk to you later.
2: Bye. 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 Bye.